yeah, if you don't let the cat jump out of uh, an eight-story building, I think I will be okay. Uh, so you wouldn't, like, would you ask the owner to restrict the cat in any way or no? No. Yeah. The cat okay. will be fine. Yeah. No, I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Uh, the worst thing that can happen is that it comes back and that you have to yeah. have another surgery, but that very, very rarely happen, happens in a cat. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Purple Cast. I wish you, I, you know, I wish you all could have seen um, the, uh, so because we're on Zoom, right? So I can see um, Yola, although you guys can't. Um, yeah, but I wish you could, you could see <laughs> Yola. <laughs> so we were, so here's, here's, um, I guess right off, right off the top, I'll, I'll, I'll um, bring up a bit of an idea. We had talked, Yola, about maybe, um, uh, rec video recording, right? Some, some of our podcasts. Yes. And it's going yeah. to be really exciting because yeah. we're thinking of setting up a Patreon account as if yeah. already did it, <laughs> where you can register yep. and there you will get extra information. So you can see the videos instead of the, only the podcast and yep. lots of other cool stuff that we'll do. Uh, and we'll post radiographs and all sorts of other stuff. So uh, yeah. you can become a member there and then you get all these extra perks. I am yeah. so excited about that. Yeah, so so I, I too think that's really cool, right? To be able to see the video part, especially if we, you know, if we have guests on, then you'll see the guests because who just wants to look at you and I through all the videos, right? That's not interesting. But But they would see a guest or if we talk about a case, we might show, you know, as Yola said, right? We might show pictures or radiographs or we might share, I don't know, articles. Yeah, so kind of excited about uh, doing that. The only negative thing is I will have to do my hair. <laughs> well, now I don't. <laughs> and I don't um, have to, you know, I look like I look. But, you know, yes, then I have hair. to think about, oh. Do your I hair is like an inch long, Yola. How much, like, doing is there to <laughs> a hair? <laughs> yes, people cannot see what I'm doing right now. But uh, this is what we'll be doing. And so if you want to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let the audience know when we have the Patreon account. Yeah. Um, I just need to, this weekend I'm home. I'm going to set it up and I'm going to be very excited and yes. we'll let you know. But uh, yeah, um, so that's so kind of in the works. Cool. I know. I know. And I think still, that, if yeah. you don't want it, that's fine too. You can just listen to it because yeah. all our podcasts are for free yep. and will always be for free. Uh, and so, uh, and, yep. and we have, uh, how many are we now? I don't know. You are the numbers person, Yola. I am the numbers person. Yes. And I need to look at it very quickly How many to downloads? see you just keep on talking. <laughs> how that. many downloads do no no not how many downloads? I'm looking at how many how many podcasts we have right now. Ah. And we are at 126. 126. 126 podcasts. People. I know. And we're still Isn't talking. Amazing. I'm just so, so surprised that we you know, are this far and we have had 126 topics, yep. but there's like thousands of topics that we still can talk about. There is. Yes. So we're, we're going to talk about something today that I don't think 
we've ever talked about in a podcast, have we? I don't think so. Okay. Surgery. Yeah. <laughs> Yola is very happy because this is a surgery topic. Yay. Um, and it, and it came up because of a recent uh, patient in one of my clinics. So that kind of, uh, yeah, gave me the idea that, that we should talk about it. So um, uh, I don't know. So I, I guess I'll tell everybody kind of how this started. So the patient is kind of a middle-aged neutered male cat. Yeah. And he's had a history of intermittent chronic diarrhea. So we're quite used to seeing him for diarrhea. He's mm. an indoor cat, indoor cat. And uh, uh, recently he's been seen for constipation. So straining, mm. you know, infrequent feces in the litter box. So the owner brings him in. And as part of the workup, we radiograph him. And that's when this whole story turned into more than just a constipated cat. Mm. So one of the things that I often say when I do lectures on constipation is that, you know, you might make the, be pretty sure the diagnosis by just abdominal palpation or, you know, this, this clinical signs. Um, but it's, <clears throat> it's worth it to snap a radiograph because you never know. You never know. Right. There could be a, well, like some of the more common things are there could be a previous pelvic fracture there that you didn't know about, right? Or you might see something else going on in the abdomen. So this is a good example of that. I so guess. before we take the radiograph, what is the, <clears throat> so you talk about physical exam and which means probably abdominal palpation, yes. and, you know, all the things that we normally look at. <clears throat> is there anything else that you would do before? Because this, uh, this cat had, I almost said the D word. You did. Ooh, ooh. Almost. Uh, Come on, get uh, in the right headspace uh, here. I know. I don't know why. Um, but the cat had chronic uh, diarrhea before. So yes. he probably did some workup already on the yes. cat. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's had some workup. Um, uh, I don't believe he was at the point of biopsy. I think he was at the point of trying a few dietary approaches, okay. right? Which we'll usually try before biopsy, unless the patient's really, you know, quite severely um, impacted by the, the diarrhea, like losing weight and not doing well. But this guy's stable. So we'll usually try diet first. So he was at that stage. Mm. So his workup has been, um, uh, he's had blood, blood work done, uh, CBC, chem panel, you know, UA, all, all fine. Yeah. And it yeah. is not that he got constipated because of the treatment that you gave him. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's been on anything that I would have associated with constipation um, anyway. So I think that's unlikely. Um, and it was quite a surprise to have the owner bring him in with the, the I mean, she, the owner didn't bring him in and say he's constipated, right? The, the owner brought him in and said, he's straining in the litter box and I've noticed there's not much poop in the litter box type thing, mm -hmm. right? And so that was un, that was quite unexpected from our point of view because we're used to seeing him for diarrhea, so. Yeah, and straining in the litter box can also mean something else, you know? Yeah. be urinary problems, which often is a little bit more serious if nothing comes out, so. Yeah. So I think that that's uh, definitely interesting. And remind us, how old was the cat? He's middle, he's middle aged. He's like between seven and nine. I can't remember oh, exactly. So so. Middle yeah. aged to older cat. Yep. Other Indoors only. Yep. Yeah. Right. Well cared for. Very well cared for cat. Yeah. 
good, good. Yeah. Okay. And and so, you did fecals and that sort of things and everything was. Fine. Yeah, exactly. So the diarrhea, you know, he's had some uh, ongoing workup for the diarrhea. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to show Yola. The, sorry again, Yola. Did you find anything on your physical? So, so on on physical exam, his abdomen felt a little unusual. It looked so unusual. The, yeah. So the colon was easily palpable. Yeah. But um, the vet who did the physical exam also just thought that it didn't feel right. And you know how sometimes it's just like that, you know, you're yeah. examining something, you examine a lot and you can't quite put your right. finger on it. it What's that? Right. It yeah, ain't it, right. ain't right. You, you can't quite say exactly what it is, but you just have that feeling like something's not quite right. Yeah. yeah. And and so was it a fat cats? Probably so because you only deal with fat cats <laughs> in your area, but skinny well, cat, what was the, the, you know, the scale? Well, you can judge for yourself because <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to show Yola the radiograph. Oh my and, gosh, there um, we go. And when the show notes for this podcast get up on our perpodcast.net website, you'll be able, dear listeners, to see the radiograph as well. So I would say less fat than most of my patients, Yola. <laughs> <laughs> so just to show, I'm going to show Yola the x-ray now yeah. that we have. And the, and the less fat definition in Susan's case is always, there's a lot of fat. Okay, right. let me get a, there we are, Yola. So Yola's looking at the radiograph. Ooh, yeah. Nice. So you can see yes. um, why the, the vet thought it was a little unusual on palpation. Yes. Yeah. No, so but just going back to the original question, is the cat fat? The cat is, it, it has quite a lot of intra-abdominal fat. It's not that fat on the outside, although right. there's a little bit, but his liver is pushed up quite a bit from the sternum by a big cushion of fat. nice fatty tissue. Um, yeah. But uh, but that's not the thing that uh, that we're all like an ooh-ah about. Yeah. Uh, it is a frontal of a side view of a cat. The lateral. Uh, right side down, I guess. Yep. Um, and uh, it is kind of a almost total body thick picture because we see the chest and the abdomen and the pelvis and the tail and the stifle and the elbow. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I do see something uh, wrong here. So one thing I've learned is that surgeons can usually describe radiographic findings better than anybody. Mm-hmm. You're Except very... for radiologists. I think well, radiologists okay. can do it even better than, than we do. I think we're trained in looking at the whole radiograph. Yeah. And, uh, and and you're so, very yes. anatomically aware too. So mm -hmm. yeah. so, yeah. so I'll let so I'll let you describe what you see, Yola. Yeah, so like I said, uh, it's a it's a lateral view of a cat belly. And uh, the first thing that I see is that the belly is kind of small for a cat. Um, so normally, I, you know, with the amount of fat that the cat has, I would expect that this belly would be much rounder and it's not. And I can kind of follow the abdominal contour and it is, you know, it, I would expect this for a very uh, cat that is very, very thin because it, you know, it just goes up like straight to the pelvis. Mm. And then under that, so you can see kind of the delineation of uh, of the muscle wall, but under that 
pelvic triangle where the legs are, there is another big mass. Mm. And that mass is some, it is kind of loopy. There's lots of loops in there. It's, some are gas filled, some are not filled with gas, but with materials. And if you look at that, you're like, hmm, that looks like intestine, but intestine outside of the abdomen. And then when you try to look for intestine inside of the abdomen, you only see that the colon is there. So the whole, uh, you know, all the jejunum yeah. looks like it's located subcutaneously, uh, you know, outside of the abdomen and in that location. So the caudal uh, quadrant of the abdomen, that's most commonly uh, associated with a hernia and most likely an inguinal hernia, I would say, or it is a rupture of the abdominal wall and that normally is, is caused by trauma. So that's what I would say. I'm, I cannot see the bladder real well, but I, I think I see it here. Yeah. So the bladder is not uh, in the mass and you still see some bowel loops in the abdomen. So it's not complete, which is very difficult anyway. But there's a, there's a, um, quite a big amount of bowels outside of the abdomen and a bit worrisome. Now I can yeah. see why the cat might be constipated, yeah. <laughs> so they, they're sitting in, uh, I guess what would be kind of that, you know, that um, abdominal fat pad or that inguinal fat pad that cats have, it's kind of in that area, yeah. right? Where this, where this is sitting. And um, yeah, it looks like most of the small intestine um, has left the building. <laughs> it's Yes, yeah. it's on the way out. It's interesting though, because it 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 almost looks that it's more mid abdominal than inguinal. So, did they already yeah. do surgery on this one, or no? And oh. I do believe I have. Let me see. There's the VD view. Okay, and that's very nice because that was the other thing that I wanted to ask. Always do two views for these kind of cases. So you need this view to see if it is one side or two sided, and it's very clear on the right side. Yeah. So that is nice to see. And then you see the, 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 the intestinal loops that crawl cranially in between the, you know, the, the skin and the body wall, I think. Uh, so yeah, that's possibly, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I would still say if this cat had some trauma, I would still think that it, I, I think it's inguinal because it's really the, the biggest mass is at the inguinal canal but uh, it could be traumatic too i mean you always have to calculate that but if it's an inside cat that has nothing has nothing done or has never been hit by anything then yeah it's probably an inguinal hernia and those most of the time are not traumatic but hereditary yeah so th so that's um that was the the conundrum right when when we saw the radiograph it's like clearly the cat has a hernia but a, where is the hernia? And B, how the heck did this indoor, well-pampered cat mm -hmm. um, get a hernia? So given so that- the cat got kicked, that's something that I could- who Sure, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you'd think we, you know, there'd be other signs maybe, painful. Yeah, although with inguinal hernias, it's very weird because- um, Often in the beginning, it's just a little hernia and a little bit of bowel goes in there and it goes in and out. And, and because that happens all the time, it, the hernia gets bigger in time. And sometimes uh, you don't notice anything because you know you might see the cat and feel the cat while the contents are inside. Well, if the cat moves a little bit, the contents go outside again. So sometimes really difficult. Those are called sliding hernias. But 
um, sometimes these balls get stuck mm. and then they can't go anywhere. And it, it's, and, and, you know, because of the pressure in the abdomen, more bowels get kind of pushed out and then they can come in. And in the worst case scenario, you, what we, you can get what we call incarceration where the bowel, uh, you know, is so stuck that it kind of loses its blood supply. And then suddenly you have an emergency because, you know, then things are going to die within that little space. And that's not good. Is there any um, any data or any kind of guesstimate on how often that like incarceration happens? Because you know, I think we we're all aware of it and we all worry about it. Do you have a feel for your, yourself, Yola, about Very how commonly? Rare. I yeah. think probably have seen two or three in my whole career, and I've seen a lot of cats. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of hernias. Uh, but we always worry about it, especially with a big one like this. This one is very worrisome, I would say, because yeah. there is already some bowels that are quite enlarged in it. Um, and we might circle that uh, at, uh, you know, uh, when we yeah. download these pictures. But there yeah. are some bowels that look uh, kind of, hmm, I would be a little worried about that. And the here you need to really look at the cat. So if the cat completely behaves normal and eats and drinks and is uh, looking at you is what i'm doing here and um, then i'm not too worried but if the cat's getting depressed and you know then yeah then it can be an emergency to to fix this you know i, I have to say that if if this is a, a big hernia that worries me also I, and and the last thing i want to say in in people we know that older male uh, mm. people can get hernias too uh, at a later age so, and that might have to do with the muscle wall getting, uh, you know, a little weaker. Yeah. So if you already have a weakness there, then, you know, and, and people then are getting a little bit more obese and there's more pressure and, and then the hernia can exist. Uh, and, and it's typical to, for, for all the males, for, for instance, scrotal hernias or inguinal hernias. Uh, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised that maybe in older male cats, the same thing happen if you already have a little bit of, uh, of herniation there yeah um, and sometimes these hernias when you when you and, and we'll talk about repositioning probably pretty soon when we reposition there there's not a lot of stuff that you can suture so um so as as we look at these radiographs and everybody else will be able to see them on the per podcast website um we we did debate a little bit about is that uh, inguinal or is it um, through abdominal muscle or is it midline so what what could we do to get uh, short of short of surgery because obviously at surgery you're going to find out but before you know for surgical planning what could we do to try to better understand where that hernia is probably an ultrasound is my number one tip so put an ultrasound probe on it and see where you can see the herniation most of them really well ah. there's some gas here so that will not help with your ultrasound but if you follow the abdominal uh abdominal wall you can find that hernia pretty easily i would say yeah and um um i i did a little bit of a literature search mm. about uh, inguinal hernias in in cats and there's like less than six cases in the literature right so um there's probably many more of them occur than get written up, but just the fact there's only six cases, right, mm -hmm. tells you that it's not that common. And uh, one of the more recent papers use a, used contrast CT to better delineate yeah. structures. Yeah, I think it's a little aggressive, but yeah, 
It's yeah. because at the end it doesn't matter. You yeah. have to go in and <laughs> re, you know it's the same incision. Uh, I would say for for this for this these cases. So normally I do a midline incision on these and then find the inguinal canal and see if, if they come out there and put them back. Yeah. Um, so uh, depending also on how big uh, the the hernia is, some people like to do an incision right over the hernia, but that kind of limits where you can see because you see the bowels. Um, so I like to approach them from the side more than than really on top. But that's so you're going off, off of midline. You're saying yeah, you're yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I, if you know, but there's enough space there that. Uh, but I, what what I want to tell the other people is to if you look at the radiograph, don't get distracted by this. Always do a full examination of your x-rays so look at the pelvis and see if there's no fractures there because that could give a indication of trauma and the ribs i look at and now you can see that cat is fat because there's a huge fat on the uh, left hand side so there's there's quite a lot of fat in the abdomen um, and and depending on how long this has been it might be really difficult to push all those bowels back you know uh, yeah especially in these chronic hernias. Obviously, yeah. the kidneys, they look fine. So I, I always look at the whole radiograph. I don't get distracted by this really cool hernia. So this, this cat has been examined by us a fair bit over the last few months because of the chronic diarrhea history. Yeah. So I, I can't remember exactly the date of the, the exam that preceded this one for the radiographs, but it wasn't that long ago. Hmm. Um, you know, I probably would look back. at it and see if you see already something. Yeah, that that's that's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, we you know in retrospect, if there's earlier X-rays, you might actually be able to go, oh yeah, like you know something that wouldn't have caught your attention normally. And these, so. these are tough because that's also where the inguinal fat pads are, and so exactly. it's so difficult to evaluate if it's a fat pad or if it's a little piece of bowel that's sticking out. So I can yeah, I can see that people get confused by that. Yeah, and that was that's my suspicion is that um, it may have been present on an earlier ex, uh, yeah. exam, right? But but when it was smaller and it is almost exactly where the inguinal fat pad would be, I think it could be quite hard um, to detect it until it got bigger, right? Especially yeah, in this radiograph, you can see the bladder really good too, because I would also be worried about the bladder being stuck in a hernia like that. And yeah. then you can also get this urea because of it, but the bladder's just in the belly it's fine so and it's when, really cool yeah and when you and i lecture um together yola there's a there's a a, a lecture we do that's just all images right yeah. and we just you know go through them fairly quickly and mm -hmm. there's at least one with a herniated bladder if i remember correctly mm -hmm. right yeah. yeah so um when when i did a literature search on this i actually found out of the handful of cases most of them were urinary bladder herniations yeah. Yeah, because they, um, they have clinical signs, and so people bring them in as yeah. an emergency, and then it's suddenly interesting. Uh, yeah. These 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 cats that have these these bowels might not have clinical signs at all, so people might not notice it. And it is you notice it because it's a cat that has chronic uh, GI disease, so suddenly you have a change of GI disease, which is weird. Yeah, so you're triggered like that. So yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I've been puzzling a bit too over. Um, what role did the GI disease play in this, right? And you could you could imagine that um, for whatever reason, the cat switched from having diarrhea to constipation. And I'd have to look at the date of his last diet change. So I don't know, maybe it was provoked by a diet change. I'm, I'm not really sure. But when he switched to constipation and maybe doing some straining, 
Yeah, I think that's right. A... And I that made me wonder if that uh, little hernia uh, ex expanded, right? Um, over yeah, a what, period. I, what I think is pretty amazing with this cat is that uh, there's not that much content in the colon. So I don't see any signs of colonic constipation at all. So he's probably, you know, straining on that hernia instead of on mm. the feces in his colon. Yeah. Uh, his, as a matter of fact, his GI tract is pretty empty. There's a lot of gas in it. And so it's not that full. I would be interested also to see what the appetite of this cat is. So if it's, he's if actually it's, doing quite well. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Crazy He's, cats. Yeah, I know crazy cats. Yeah. Um, we had an update from the owner um, today because we are uh, actually waiting to get him into surgery. Um, oh. Of course, it's pandemic times and there's, oh. you know, I never, I never thought I'd see the day where there'd be wait lists in veterinary medicine for, for things like surgery, but, but there are, at least there are in where I practice. And I think in a lot yep. of other places because yeah. of the busyness. Yeah. So because he seems stable, um, uh, we're actually struggling to get him a, a surgery date that's uh, not too far off. So in the meantime, the owner's keeping us updated and he's actually doing okay. <laughs> so. yeah. This is a pretty bad one though. So I wouldn't wait too long. I mean, I would, I would yeah. say this is not an emergency now, but yeah. I would not wait weeks with this because it only oh, no, exactly. it's more difficult to, to repair it. Like I said, these abdominal walls and the, these cats are in this area are very, very thin. And so if, if he has a big rib, it might be really difficult to, to treat that. And you might get recurrence if you, if it is too big. So, uh, so I did want to, I wanted to talk a little bit about the repair for these. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not going to tackle it because as Yola knows, I'm a, I'm no surgeon and B, <laughs> even if I was, you know, sort of a GP level surgeon, which I'm not. Yeah, we would, would like the cat to survive the surgery. I, well, this would still bother me, right? Because if it's really inguinal, I guess you have to close that hernia, yeah. right? And yeah. that's a tricky small space, I'm thinking, to be working yeah. in, right? And it, it, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. But I mean, it's it's not that difficult. It's, you know, like I said, I normally approach them from midline, find where the inguinal canal is, often open the, the abdomen up because it really ah. helps with repositioning the... the uh, the hernia itself so ah. instead of trying to push it from the outside to the inside that's really difficult sometimes i just really gently pull them pull the the bowels from the inside uh of uh, you know into yes. the abdomen um and and if you open the abdomen on the midline it releases a bit of pressure too right and it should be easier to reposition yeah although it's the closure eh, that you know yes. uh, so and and you want everything repositioned before you start closing it and because otherwise you cannot evaluate it so some yeah. people like to cut right on top of it and then find the hernia that way uh i'd be a little scared open to up right the hernia a little bit and push things back and then close it or but i i prefer the midline most of the time yeah yeah so um if we're, we're going to assume that this is a congenital hernia, right? And, and you know, you and I have presented cases of congenital hernias in, in cats that didn't mm -hmm. present until the cat was a senior citizen. So, yeah. right, especially some of the um, diaphragm variations on the diaphragmatic type hernias. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen several cats over the years that didn't actually show any clinical signs from some of those hernias until they were over 10. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to assume that this was a congenital hernia. 
Um, and if it's in the inguinal region, so what's the defect? Is it, is, is it um, a musculature defect? Is it a fibrous tissue defect? Is, does it vary? Like what, what's the actual problem? Yeah, it varies. And, and, okay. and so it, 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 as a matter of fact, there's multiple layers of the abdomen that are involved with these inguinal canals. And, and, and often in those continental ones, they are very ill developed. So sometimes you don't see anything you, ah. and you just need to close something against something. Ah. Um, ah. I, I really try to, uh, you know, you definitely need to close the hole and the, the hole does not have to be that big because as soon as bowel gets in there, then it kind of, I don't know how it does. It's like a snake, you know, it just kind of. <laughs> moves itself in there and then it doesn't go back it only can go way one way and in the sub q you have a lot of space so there's it's least resistance and every time the cat you know strains and they do strain a lot when they have gi disease then a little bit more goes out but yeah. nothing comes back in yeah and um, so you can have a lot of bowel in a little hole and then you need to increase that hole before you can get it out because it's all stuck yeah and you have to look if there's no adhesions and so sometimes it can be quite a difficult surgery sometimes really easy because you know like i said if i, if I approach them through an abdominal incision then i can see how tight it is when i pull on it gently and then i open up uh, often there's a little you know sack yeah. I open that up and then I see the bowels. And so I approach it from two sides and then I, I most of the time get them back in. Then you see the hole. I evaluate the hole from the inside and I evaluate from the outside. And normally I close them from the outside, not from the inside. I use non-absorbable suture material. That's really important. Uh, so those stay in forever. Yeah. Um, because if you use absorbable, you never know if, if it might pop back. Um, and small suture material, 3040 suture material, like a proline or surgiline or whatever they, they use, uh, polypropylene uh, material. And, uh, and then close the hole as small as you can. But sometimes, like I said, it's uh, suturing stuff to stuff. Uh, and then I feel from the, that's the other advantage, I feel from the inside if it is strong enough, you know. So I have this extra, uh, you know, way of checking the inguinal canal. And then, you know, in a D, uh, normally you have to, especially in, in a non-castrated D, you need a little hole because that's where the, the spermatic cord goes through and the little vessel. So you can't tie it off completely or you have to castrate the dog. Otherwise, <laughs> the otherwise you, you will yes. be castrating the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you need to leave a little hole anyway. Um, and, and that's most of the time like a pinky width. That's what I normally do. But in a cat's, you don't have that problem. Um, and so I normally just close it as, as close as tight as I can. So I, I can see two problems come to my mind. So one would be, um, I can't fit all the, the contents back into the abdomen, mm -hmm. right? Or, the, or, or they're under a lot of pressure. And number yeah, two- Yeah, but the, the abdomen of a cat, that only happens when you have a congenital hernia, abdominal hernia, that has been there for years wow. in a cat that, you know, there were all the organs are outside and all okay. the other cases, the cat belly is so flexible. You can get that together without too much problems. There's a lot okay. of space there. So the other thing is what if I can't, it, I love the way you say suture something to something. Mm. So, but what if I can't, is there any kind of like mesh or 
graft or like in worst case scenario, what do we do? Yeah, you, you have some meshes that you could use. Uh, there is some uh, biomaterial that you can use. There is There are some polypropylene meshes that you can use if it's really big. And that's mainly for diaphragmatic hernias. I very rarely use them in, uh, in inguinal hernias because you have the abdominal wall and the abdominal wall is very flexible. So I, I rarely have to use that. I mean, I think you can use a, a sartorius flap if you want to, uh, to cl close that hole if you want to be really cool. Um, and, and that's a muscle on the, on the thigh, of course. Um, so there's lots of ways that you can close those holes, but it's very, very rarely necessary. Normally, hmm. you know, I close that first though, and then I close the abdominal wall. So the right. midline incision is always after I close the inguinal yeah. canal. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Right. And so post-op, um, we'd be worried about pressure on that site. No, we could, we might be worried about it tearing or breaking down. Yeah. If you don't let the cat jump out of uh, an eight-story building, I think I will be okay. Uh, because... So you wouldn't, like, would you ask the owner to restrict the cat in any way or no? No. Yeah. The cat okay. will be fine. Yeah. No, I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Uh, the worst thing that can happen is that it comes back and that you have to yeah. have another surgery, but that very, very rarely happen, happens in a cat, except when there's nothing to suture. So if you do a major reconstruction, then I would say, yeah, maybe you should keep that for at least a couple of days in, in you know, in more constrained right. environments. So normally I would wouldn't worry too much about it so uh, yeah yeah and, and then evaluate how the bowel looks we didn't talk about that but oh the bowel needs to be very nice and bright and pink, pink uh, because you know if there's a piece that you don't trust you have to take it out that's a good point so i guess you could <clears throat> close the hernia um right give the bowel time to reperfuse itself and whatnot yeah. and then have a good look at the bowel Oh, I do always an exploratory in these cats because if it's congenital, there might be other congenital parts. And I always look on the other side too. That's, yeah, I was um, going to ask you if it's on one side, like what's the chance that it, there also could be a hernia on the other side? It's possible, eh? Yeah, possible. Yeah. So, but I don't see anything in this cat, but it, yeah, it could be possible. So that's why I check it. And I check it from the inside. I, you know, I often, often use a scope to check the abdomen, so I don't have to make a really big incision. But, but I, I definitely do a quick abdominal exploratory. Anytime I open the abdomen, I do an abdominal exploratory. So yeah, yeah. And you know, there might be another reason why the cat is training. You know, it doesn't have to True. be this. It could be something else. So True. you always want to be, be sure that you check all the stuff. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's still a bit of a mystery to me how why the cat is straining and what relationship was that to the, um, to the hernia. Although I, you know, I can guess that the, the straining did not help <laughs> and no. may have, and may have been kind of, I think spot. that's, I think that's, that's the, so if, if I would look at it physiologically and time-wise, so the cat had di chronic diarrhea, was straining a lot and that exacerbated the hernia and suddenly a piece of the bowel got stuck. And then suddenly, you know, you have this, uh, this, uh, this issue um, and it only gets worse. Oh yeah, this is nice. You know, now you showed the, the article. Uh, yeah. So I, I said, I'd done a, I did a literature search and um, uh, so I did it in PubMed, which is usually my favorite place to do literature searches. And uh, so I searched on um, cats and inguinal hernia mm -hmm. and I got 10 results. Um, half of which were not in cats. <laughs> so, mm. so there was actually very few, 
But I did come across this quite um, nice article that um, came out in 2009 in the Journal of the American Animal Hospital Association. So uh, you probably know this article, Yola. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So do you want to tell tell us a little bit about this article? Um, yeah, because without uh, taking too much time, but I, I think that this is about uh, prepubic hernias that are traumatic. Yes. So that's a little different than it's both in dogs and cats. Um, yeah. And so we know that these traumatic hernias occur by you know, fights and cars and kicks by mm. large animals. But I wouldn't say not only large animals or humans are Could also be a large, large boot. Yeah, so a boot can do that too. And this one is specifically about the rupture of the prepubic tendon in dogs and like it's equivalent in cats. And so you rip the abdomen off the attachment to the pubis. And then you get a beautiful hernia there. So, uh, yeah. so that's. I don't think this is the one uh, because this one is too lateral. Um, but uh, normally, you get a ventral hernia from that. Yeah. And uh, and and they say also it's not always obvious that it's there. Yeah. But with a abdominal radiograph or some contrast material, especially with these ones, the bladder is normally in it. Uh, some contrast material in the bladder, you can see where this. Uh, this 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 hernia is located, or that the hernia is located, and then they talk a little bit about repair. There's lots of ways to repair it. So if you don't have an attachment to the pubis anymore, you probably have to make some anchoring, and so mm. they drill little holes there and use uh. goes through the holes to attach it against to that pubic oh. bone because otherwise you can't attach to anything. So wow, that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, and it, they do. Yeah, cool little article it's not really describing what you have exactly okay. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and they but they do mention um abdominal ultrasound can help you as as yola said yeah. um, try to better characterize it and they do say that um, survival rates are it says survival rates are quite good if yeah. concurrent injuries are not severe um yeah. right and so we're we're most likely uh, well i'm i'm fairly sure that we're looking at a non-traumatic um hernia in this guy um whoops no. and if you uh so there are a, sorry, us on, on on patreon then you can see all this stuff that we're doing so that's pretty cool as a matter of fact yes yes so that that's that that's exactly it when when we are, are ready to start posting some of our podcasts on patreon so there's a video component you'll be able to oh, see oh i that. think i lose i'm losing you are you losing? Oh, Dr. Susan Froze. Oh, no, no, she's back. Yay. Yes, I, I do apologize because Yola is in, where are you in, Yola? You're in Nashville. I'm in Nashville. Today? Yeah. Yes. And so we're we're recording over Zoom again, and I have noticed the odd lag and, and little yeah. wrinkle in uh, in the audio. So I, I do apologize to people, but. No worries. But I think we're at time, too. Are we almost at time? Oh, mm -hmm. Wow. Things okay. are going fast. Yes. This was a really cool case, Dr. Susan. So what we want yeah. to hear next time is what you did, what they found, and well, how yeah, the cat is doing. If I can get him to surgery soon enough, yes, hopefully. So mm -hmm. yes. Very cool case. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we'll do a little bit more of that too, like uh, discuss some individual cases and, and work up and so on. So I like it. Yeah. So hopefully I'll have an update for everybody on uh, on this guy. So remember to check our uh, podcast website. It's perpodcast.net. And in the show notes, um, you'll get 
uh, information there on like who our guest is. If it's a guest episode, you'll see links to things that we talked about. And in this case, um, you'll see the radiographs that go with this case. Uh, and remember to follow us on social media. It's at per podcast on, I think, pretty much every platform. Um, and if people like our podcast, Yola, they, they should. A five-star review. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and if you're interested in surgery, my surgery book just oh, yes. came out. It's freely downloadable at yes. globalveneersurgery.net. Yes. You know what um, I'll do? I'm doing some website updates this week. So um, I'll put a post about your surgery book on the, the front page of our per podcast website. So it's even easier for people to find the download link. And it's called The Cutting Edge, which I think is the perfect title for a surgery book. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about it. I'm working on a flipping book, too. So that will follow shortly. You're working so on you a can, what? A flip book, flipping book. So you can flip through it oh i understand yes instead of doing the now it's a pdf and it's kind yes. of cumbersome but then yes. you can just flip yes okay so. cool cool so, yes, uh, and so lots of we news. might be working on a spanish edition too so that was oh my goodness habla espanol see see <laughs> um where were we yola you were trying to teach me to order breakfast in spanish oh gosh granada granada that's too long ago. Yeah, but yeah. you only wanted one thing, which was that well, tomato paste. Yeah, but that, that made it easier because I only had to learn one Spanish phrase. <laughs> yeah, and even then. <laughs> yes, now we remember it clearly. Yes, anyway. All right, so this was wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Susan. Yay! Bye till next time. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yola Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask 
your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.